Hey guys, welcome to the Wedding Business Owners Podcast, where our podcasts are late, but our bids are on time. I'm your host, Kevin, with JMW Fabrication. Today, we've got the fourth and final episode with Dan Salinic from Dan's Welding Fast. Although this is the last episode with him, you can still keep up with him on Instagram. I'll put his link in the description below in the bottom of this podcast. Speaking of Instagram, if you want to follow us, I am at JMW Fabrication. The podcast is at Welding Business Owners Podcast. And if you like what you're hearing, give us a thumbs up or a five-star review or whatever it looks like on the podcast player that you're listening on right now. And without further ado, here's episode number four. It was always cheaper to service a customer well and then keep have them keep coming back rather than try to go find new customers. Every year, we give out like really nice Christmas presents. This year was an exception. We give out really nice Christmas presents to our top customers. And we give out engraved Yetis. We give out engraved Leathermans. Stuff that like actually means something. Because, you know, if you're bringing us and- $30,000, $40,000 worth of business, yeah, I want to give you a $60 Yeti. You know what? Yeah. That is pennies compared to what, you know, you've given us in work. So take care of your customers. Show up on mm. time. Do what you say you're going to do. Be upfront with them. Be friendly with them. Make them become your friends. That way they keep coming back to you. You know what I mean? Only the good customers. You know, some some customers you do need to just straight up fire. Um, yep. But that's something I did. As far as advertising, I've only ever went out and knocked on doors two days. There was two days in my entire career where I didn't have any work. And I got in my car and I went out there and I just, I went around the section of town that seemed like where the, like it was like the industrial side of town. And I just knocked on doors and I said, Hey, you know, if you need anything, I'm a welder. I went to the places where they would need my services. Like, I didn't go to the aerospace places because I don't do aerospace work. They're going to laugh at me sure. when I try to tell them that I work out of a 96 F-350 pickup truck. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yep. I went to the school districts who need fences welded. I went to the scrapyards that, you know, they have excavators and buckets and I went to the places that had a bunch of dump trucks because I could, you know, we don't really do any uh, much automotive stuff anymore. But like I would put, you know, liners in the beds and I would weld on their excavators. And, you know, I was their guy for that. So that's how I got a a fair amount of work. Uh, um, A few decent customers came from just knocking on doors, railing and stair repairs. Who needs railing the stair repairs? People who own apartment buildings. People who have fire escapes. Well, who has apartment buildings and fire escapes? Property management companies. So I spent one entire day. I found, I I did a Google search. I found property management Lehigh Valley. And I went and I got all their addresses. I got their contacts. And at that time, I had a bunch of um, brochures printed up with what we can do, the services that we have to offer, the services that were, I made sure the services that were relevant to them, 
were in that brochure. I sent out the brochures and we put them in. I bought black envelopes because every envelope you get is white. Well, right. if you get a black envelope with, and I, I got like, the, like a white gel pen and I hand writ, wrote their, their name, their company, their address, and I sent it to them. And I'm telling you, everybody who got one of them, I promise you, they at least opened it up. Even if they're like, right. I don't see this guy. They at least opened it because you got a black envelope. Nobody sends anything in a black envelope. So <laughs> sure. set yourself up. Like, do what everybody else isn't doing. You know, yeah, maybe, maybe putting a flyer up at the local diner and putting your cards on the pin board at the hardware store. Maybe you like me. You you might get some work. Actually, I do recall I've gotten a few phone calls because in the beginning that's what I started to do. But if if you set yourself apart from everybody else, people are going to remember you. Whether that's in your marketing, whether that's in how you service them, what kind of job you do. You know, do you sweep up at the if you're there for multiple days? Do you sweep up after every day? Like, do like because that makes a difference. Do you sweep up mm-hmm. other people's mess? If you're if you're in a build out or a renovation of a small place in a strip mall, do you clean up the entire room that that do you sweep it up, or do you just do your section and leave? Yeah, okay, you could do your section and leave. But if you swept that entire room and they see you, they catch you sweeping that entire room, they'll be like, "Wow, he really." He really cares about what he does. Do you chip the slag on your welds? A lot of jobs that I we used to do, and we still do a fair amount of, are rooftop unit like frames for like AC units. So like they'll they'll be putting in like like in a strip mall, they'll be changing out the tenant, and they need different air conditioning or something like that. So they have a new rooftop unit that comes in, and it usually sits between the bar joists, and you have to put framing in. Well, right. Do you chip the slag on your welds when you're done with that, or do you just leave them there? Do you leave the steel raw and rusty, or do you prime it after you're all done? Because, yeah, they're going to pay you, and, yeah, they're probably not going to say anything, and some people might not even notice it. Most people probably won't even notice it. But you know what? When the HVAC guy, who is also working on site, knows that JMW Fabrication came in here and they they welded up this frame and he's up there putting his ductwork down. Guess what? He's going to see it. That's going to reflect right. on us. And, and, you know, maybe he notices, maybe he doesn't. But most of the, like, guys in the trades, though, like, you can always pick out other people's shoddy work, you know? Oh, so, yeah. Like, like, if you leave it rusty and you leave the slag on there, that guy's gonna be like, ah, yeah, he's just one of those welders. But if you go, if if you chip the slag and you wire wheel it and you go back in there and you take some red oxide primer or gray primer and you you touch up everything and you make it look good, they might notice. They might not. More than likely, they probably won't. But you know what? They will notice your 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 shoddy craftsmanship of if you left oh, yeah. it rusty with with that on there. So. It's about how you present yourself. Um, you know, like I said, my, my, like the truck I started out with was a 96 F350. But you know what? 
It was all one color. It had nice wheels on it. It had a little bit of a like a, like a four inch left kit. There were some thirty five tire thirty five inch tires, and it looked good. I kept it clean. You know, you, you, like you can show up in a oh Via Chevy that's a bunch of different colors, but they're gonna remember that. You know, our work truck, you know, our 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 F four fifty, our Super Duty, is it's all it's the same blue as our old truck. It's JMW blue. It's got not like it doesn't have aluminum wheels on, but it's got those chrome simulators. It's got a stainless rack on it. We keep it clean, and that makes a difference for you, for your brand image and your brand recognition. Um, mm-hmm. Showing up to to a job site, like yes, you're there to work, but don't wear the jeans that have the holes in them. You know, if you have to wear the jeans that have the holes in them, take the least holy jeans and go to Walmart and spend 15 bucks and go buy another pair of jeans. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Like, like you can show up hoodies. If you show up in a hoodie that has a couple little holes in it, that's okay. But, like, if you got a hoodie that, like, the whole pocket's ripped out of it, or like it's missing the front, or your T-shirt's got holes in it. Because you know, I mean, if you caught yourself with the grinder that day, well, you know, <laughs> hope hopefully you have a, a second shirt. Uh, you know, always carry a second shirt with you. Um, but just present yourself well. That's going a really long way for me. You know, just just treat the job site like you would want it to be treated if it was your job site. Get along with everybody. Everybody's there to just, everybody's there to get a job done. If you're the guy who makes everybody's life difficult, nobody's going to want to work with you. If you bid the job, well, the the site supervisor or the foreman just has to work with you. But a lot of times they'll be like, all right, well, our welder backed out. We have to find somebody else. And they call you up and they don't have to work with you next time. They choose to work with you. So right. you could make a really nice, and I have. I've made really nice inroads with general contracting companies because, oh, crap, we forgot about this rooftop unit framing. We need to find somebody. Let's put Google search it. Well, the the site or, or, or you know their guy wasn't able to do it or he dropped out or whatever. He wasn't able to do it. Well, I had, you know, the, the guy on site needs to find somebody in the next week to come out here and do this because the guy, the guy they originally had lined up isn't going to do it anymore. Well, I'm thinking of one contractor specifically. I went in there. I got it done in time because I knew they were kind of in a pinch. I got it done in time for a good price. He was happy with the work. I went in there. I made his job so much easier and I just chatted him up. You know, ask people about themselves. The people love talking about themselves. I, I mean, that's, that's what the whole podcast is about. Is about I interview other <laughs> people and just let them talk about like what they do. Talk about, be friendly to people. And you know what? He, I gave him my card, and he started an email chain, and he got me in on the bidding list. And now they solicit bids for me for all their jobs, um, and. You know, that, that that was a really good example of how just showing up, doing it on time, 
being professional, being nice to the guy, got me in. And that particular company, they do a lot of work that's like further away, like down to like Maryland, up in New York. Like, I don't really mm-hmm. like on that that far. So I don't bid on a lot of this stuff, but that could happen anywhere, you know? So that's one of the things that I did was something like that. I would say that your best bet is just to utilize the network that you have. If you've got a network of people that you're currently working for, or you've got um, you got friends who are in the industries that you want to be in, the hardest part is get your foot in the door. Once your foot's in the door, it's it's pretty easy to keep the work coming in as long as they need you. So that that would be that would really just be my advice. I mean, that's that's just what I did. I mean, I'm nobody special. I just I, I saw what everybody else was doing. I kind of copied it. I realized what everybody else, the things that people were doing wrong. And I did the opposite of that. And I just worked my butt off, you know, just the harder you work, the luckier you get. And it's, it's true. You just, just keep on going, just keep on working. And, you know, if you've got the work, if you don't have the work, go find it. Don't wait for the work to come find you. Go out there, mm-hmm. call some old clients. Say, "Hey, I got a, you know, I had a job drop off. I have an opening in the schedule. Is there anything you need me to do? I've got like three days open. You know, you, you might have the rest of the of uh, the month open, but you don't have to tell them that. Right. I've got a couple days open. Is there anything I can help you with? Is there anything that you were putting off? One thing I learned early on was never decrease your hourly wage, your hourly rate. You can decrease the hours, but always keep your hourly rate the same. Because once people get a taste of a cheaper rate, they're going to want that all the time. So, you know, if you're charging, you know, a hundred bucks an hour and they're like, Hey, you know, I don't have the budget for that. Or, Hey, you know, like I, whatever reason they bulk at your price say all right well i'll tell you what i'll knock a couple hours off this time as as a as a way for you know this to help you out you know what i mean don't ever decrease Mm -hmm. your hourly rate now i i put i put put a i put a caveat on that if you have a emergency rate so uh, i'll give you a little story that just happened like two weeks ago customer a good customer of ours had, they did a project uh, two years ago, and the fabricator they used back then went out of business. It was a big stand <clears throat> for a generator with like square tubes for the post and a big I-beam frame, whatever. Well, it was all hot dip galvanized, and they did not plug the holes from the galvanizing on the top of the tubes. And they... <clears throat> routed around the base plate so there's nowhere for it to go so it filled up with water and then like like around our area about i don't know two months ago there was a like a real real harsh cold spell came in and it froze and it split this like eight by eight rectangle or square tubing it just split it right down the corner and they're like hey we're really in a bind like, can you help us out? I'm like, yes, I'll help you out. 
they're like, well, the customer never paid us for the final bill. We want you to send the customer the bill. So hopefully they pay you. But if they don't, we will take care of you. We'll back you up. We'll pay the bill. I said, okay, cool. No problem. Like, I, I, I got a guarantee I'm getting paid either way. And they do pay the bills. So went out there, did it. We charged full emergency rates. And we sent the bill off to, you know, the pharmaceutical company. And they were like, oh, we're not going to pay this because it's, you know, so-and-so's responsibility because it should be under warranty, blah, 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 blah. And the guy who I deal with, the project manager from the company, he calls me up. He's like, all right, they're not going to pay the bill. We're going to pay the bill. But is there anything you could do? Because, like, they've already lost money because they never got paid. And then... They had me go fix it. So this is literally coming out of their pocket too. They're like, is there anything we can do to help this out? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to bump down my rates from emergency rate. I'm going to bump it down to our normal mobile welding rate to help you out. So because I knew he was in a pinch and it was coming out of their pocket, they're already losing on it. And they're, you know, we did like, they made up a third of our business last year. So I'm like, you know what? I got you. I'll take care of you. So with the caveat of don't ever lower your hourly rate, maybe sometimes in a circumstance like that, it's okay to lower your hourly rates because really it, it was just an emergency rate. It's, you know, would I ever come down off our normal mobile rate for them? No. Would right. I ever come on? can come down off our normal shop rate for them? No. But it wasn't that big of an inconvenience for us. Like, we came out the next day to do it. All I had to do was shift around a couple things, and it was shop work that we were doing, so there was no, like, you know, I I do think that charging an emergency rate is warranted because not only most of the time you're paying overtime, most of the time there's a lot of other things involved logistically, but there's also a cost to if you have a customer scheduled and you have to cancel on them, that there's a value to that, that you really, mm-hmm. need, you know, that warrants you charging more to that emergency customer. But at this time, it what like, it, like it, there was nobody was going to know. It wasn't pushing anybody's deadline back or so I did c- come down off my off my rate that one time. I don't ever really remember a time since then or even a long time before that that I've ever came down off our rate. So I guess that was mm-hmm. a long way to say don't you know don't budge from your rate. If if, if you want to give them a discount, take hours off. So when when are you charging an emergency rate? Like do you offer a 24-7 mobile service or will you be offering a 24-7 mobile service, I guess, with with a new purchase? Yes. Right now, 24-7, no, because nobody takes our mobile welding rate home right now. So, no, we don't offer 24-7. I used to, back when my only vehicle was my F-350 and I first started out, dude, I took the, I took my tools everywhere I went. And I would get calls, you know, 3 o'clock in the morning, hey, I'm a trucker on the side of the road. My shifter broke off of my transmission. I need you to come let my shifter back on because I can't go anywhere. Okay, got it. 
I freaking got my truck. I mean, I charged a lot of money for that. But like, I got my truck. I went out there and I freaking st- I welded it up on the on the on the side of the highway for him. Mm-hmm. So we have with with the new truck that I'm taking I'm taking back now. Yes, we are not going to be doing twenty four seven emergency rate or or emergency welding until I find a guy to put in the truck who wants to do that. I think that's going to gotcha. be one of the stipulations of the job is that like, hey, we do emergency welding, like you're going to have to do emergency welding work. Obviously, you're going to get compensated very, very well to get up at oh, one o'clock in the morning and go weld a shifter on the side of the highway. But <laughs> it, it, right. it, 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 it's the same deal with getting a job at a tow truck company. Sometimes you get calls in the middle of the night if you got to go tow a car. Same same with this. Mm-hmm. It's going to be further and fewer between. And to be honest with you, I don't want to do that just because I have like I, I can't blow up my schedule like that right now. Like I, I can't be called out to fix something at ten o'clock or even like even six o'clock at night. That is going to take me into the next day. Well, you know what? We're right now. I need to be somewhere else tomorrow, and like I have to be there. So I'm not able to devote twelve hours to your repair. And then just go hop on and, and be on a site the next day. Like that's that just doesn't work for me right now. So currently and in the short term, no. Am I going to be doing it in the future? Yeah, absolutely. But that's that's going to be when I hire somebody else to do it. Just because by you know that that short term gain of doing that job isn't worth blowing up my schedule for the next two days because I'm not sharp I'm uh, you know I can't go run a crane right. on a job when I didn't sleep all night because I was out welding somewhere like I just can't do that it's not safe mm-hmm. it's not healthy and to be honest with you I really like my kids and I really like my wife and I kind of want to be at home you know what I mean like yeah I, I, I yep. like the fact I put my kids to bed now would I do that if, if I were in your position hell yeah I would eat that up, dude. That is like, like if you don't have kids or a wife, and it, it's, it, you know, if you've got a girlfriend, you know, she's gonna have to understand. Sometimes you just gotta go do what you gotta do, dude. Eat that money up. Like, heck, I'll give you the calls when they come to me because I just don't want to. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm, St. Louis is kind of far from Pennsylvania. You know, there, right? Oh, you, you know what I mean. If, right, if right. there was if there was a guy by us who I knew liked that mobile welding emergency rate getting up at ten o'clock at night when you get the phone call, I would definitely give him all of our work. You know what I mean? Granted, we don't advertise for that stuff, so we usually don't get those calls. But if I were in your shoes, man, solve your customers' problems. If your customer has a they they broke their excavator bucket on a job and they got a tight deadline and they need you to work throughout the night to get that bucket back up and going for the next day. Freaking do it, man. Like yeah. charge accordingly and get it done. You know, especially with the mobile work like that. Cause you know, he's not going to find a low boy or get his low boy and bring his, his stuff to you and at your shop to weld and then fix it and then bring it back to the site. Like, now, like you're right. in a really good spot to be able to do that kind of work. 
it's definitely been good, uh, you know, getting this, this information off of you. But I guess just uh, another question would be, you know, it doesn't have to be a super in-depth answer, but when are you charging your emergency rate, right? So I've got, you know, my standard operating hours, you know, anything before or after that, is that like a, like a deal where, where you would be charging an emergency rate? Because I know earlier that you, that you said, you know, if you have to cancel on like an existing job or an existing customer or push them out or something like that, that would permit you to, you know, implement an emergency rate. Sure. So I don't have a hard and fixed answer for that. I do have a mm -hmm. pretty good roundabout. So emergency rate is I need you the next day or I need you like to come right now. And usually coming like right now is something that is going to go past the hours of our normal operations. So if I get a call and say, hey, we got an emergency, something's happening right now. I need you to come like I need you to come right now. Boom. Emergency. Great. Got it. Hey, we broke something. I need you out here tomorrow to fix this. Okay, that's emergency rate too. Once you get to like the second day out, let's say it's it's Wednesday, and they're like, "Hey, man, I you know have something I need you to work on. I'm really in a tight pinch. I understand if you can't do tomorrow, but I really need you Friday." It's at your discretion at that point. Are they mm -hmm. uh, are they a new customer? If they're a new customer, I don't know. How is that going to affect your workload? If that affects your, if you, if you're putting off a good customer, a good existing customer, to go work on this new customer state they need in two days, um, I would probably say okay, yes, but we do have an emergency rate on that. If it's a good existing customer, they're like, hey man, I I need a call in a favor, even if they don't have any favors to call in. If they're like, hey, I just need you, you know. If they're an occasional customer, I don't know. I, I think it really depends on how much it screws up your schedule, personally and professionally. And, right. But but it, you know, if you're two days out and you're a good customer, no, it, you know, it, it also depends on how big the job is. If you're like, hey, I broke this bracket, and it takes you an hour or two to fix it. No, I'm and you're two days out. Uh, I, I got you, man. No big deal. Yeah. But if it's like yeah. a two-day repair and they need you out on Friday and, you know, it's Wednesday, they need you Friday and it's a, a day or two of repair, I don't know. That's kind of borderline. I think it really I, – I think that's more of a judgment call than it is a rule at that point. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely just use best judgment for sure. Yeah. Um, And then – Last question that we probably have some time for is all, all this is, is kind of revolving around the fact that my work is primarily going to be mobile. Like I want, I want it to be primarily that like in the position that I'm in right now, like renting uh, the place I'm at, like I have room in, in my garage is currently my shop to, you know, take something home and, you know, work on it or, and then go deliver it or build smaller things and then go install them. But like my fab table is a two by uh, or is a, three by four fab table. It's not like huge. My tooling is not like super extensive. I've got a, a, a box and pan like finger break. And then, you know, like a, a couple other, you know, shop press and small bandsaw and a couple other things. But really like my tooling is not crazy. 
So this is all revolving around the, the fact that like my work is primarily going to be and is currently mobile. But I mean, that being said, like if you were in my position, primarily mobile, you know, you know, are, are bid or hourly, right? Because, you know, you bid a job and you might be able to make substantially more and to the customer, it's worth it because you're solving their problem. than if you were to go there and charge, you know, just time and material and the customer's like, yeah, that sounds fine. You know, like it, it, it's, it doesn't matter to them, but at the same time, you know, like there's like the ethical factor where it's like, you know, I, I want to be, you know, as fair as possible to make sure that, you know, the customer is not getting ripped off. So, you know, I'm just going to do time and material, you know, that way I ensure that I'm at least making my money out of it. And, you know, so it's like, I, I've heard both sides of the argument, but it's like, even as a mobile guy, I know that you can like, you know, you can bid a project that you go and you like build and fabricate something on site. Like for instance, if you were to go and shoot, I don't know, do like, a, a, let's say uh, you build a couple spools of pipe and you go install them for a new piece of equipment or something that's going, you know, being put in or like an air compressor or something or other that, you know, and you're like, okay, well we can, you know, we can do it for this price, you know, and you, you just look at the, the 3d drawings or whatever. And, you know, you're like, this is what we can do it for. I, I realize it's kind of a sporadic kind of question there, but I guess yeah. bitter hourly. <laughs> I think it depends on your confidence in what you're doing. Mm -hmm. If it's something like, so all repairs that we do are all hourly. It's just time and material. I don't know how long it's going to take, especially with things that, you know, there's a lot of unforeseen things that come up in repairs. You know, it could take a lot longer. It, maybe you can't get material. Maybe it's a certain type of material. Maybe it's a certain bolt or a pin that's, you know, something that's you can't just buy off the shelf. Well, how are you going to bid that if you have to go to a machine shop and have them custom make a bolt? Because it's a foreign machine and the other only other bolt is in Germany. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I would never bid any repairs. That's all time and material. Now, okay. things that are pretty straightforward, it depends on the size of the company that you're working for. Companies are used to dealing with bids. They are. Right. And so you giving them a bid rather than just offering to do it hourly. The thing is, you know, especially for a new customer, they don't know you. They don't know how long it's going to take. They, like, you know, do you work fast? Do you work slow? What kind of tools do you have? Obviously, it's going to take a hell of a lot longer if you use a Sawzall to cut your steel versus, you know, a metal circular saw or a sheet. Right. So, like, you know, they don't know what you're working with. So a lot of places, a lot of bigger places like that, they would rather hedge their bets and know the price up front. They know that it's not going to be any more than this. Well, a lot of places they have like a, a boss that they have to answer to. So if, if mm -hmm. they say, yeah, we'll do it hourly. And then, you know, their budget was $10,000 and you charge them $14,000. Well, they're going to get in trouble with their boss. I don't see this as a thing of like, they're not going to get a whole lot of accolades by saying, okay, you know what, do this hourly and 
you give them a bill for eight thousand when their budget was ten thousand, it's not worth the risk in their like in their mind. To it's it's not worth taking the risk of being wrong, but versus mm-hmm. saving the money. Follow what I mean? So they would no, I, I definitely have, do, a, yeah. have it bid and say this is what it's going to be. It's not going to go over this and 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 be done with it. Now, granted, you've got, you know, maybe you're the owner of a small company and you're you're going out there and you're pitching this this to them. Well, if they know your work ethic and they know that that you that you work quick, it might be in their interest to have them uh, to, to have you work hourly rather than bid the project. People are terrible at bidding. Like, if, like bidding is a scary, <laughs> scary thing. And the, oh, yeah. the only way to get good at it is to do it. And mm-hmm. you don't even necessarily have to do it for jobs that you bid on. So let's just say you go and somebody comes to you and it's a repair. You know what? Throw, it, throw your best guess as to how long that's going to take and keep track. Even though you're getting paid hourly, that's one learning experience. That's one notch in your belt. Say, okay, I, I, I ran into this before. It's going to take about this long. And then see, and, and see where you're at. You could be grossly over or you could be grossly under. Or you could be right right on par. But you don't know unless you're, unless you're paying attention and keeping track mm-hmm. of it. So I would say even at like you know if you're working in I, not necessarily for you but if anybody else is working in a job or a fab shop and they're like they want to go out on their own well you don't know how to estimate tell you what you know what you're going to be doing of what the scope of this next job is throw a ballpark number as to how long you think it's going to take you to do that and then see where you're at. Because the only way to get better at bidding is to just keep doing it. And it's a lot easier to get better at it when you it's not money coming out of your pocket if you lose. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so as far as bids go, I you know I, I even mess up. Like I mess up not a lot, but when I do mess up, it's pretty good. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, so, you know, it, it's just one of those things like it, it, it's, you constantly have to learn it and it's, there's no other way to do it, but to do it. And mm-hmm. so to answer your question, whether to bid or to do hourly, I really think it depends on the job. I think it depends on the relationship that you have with the people there. And I think it, it depends on the company that you work for, a lot of companies don't like doing hourly stuff. They just want a price. It depends on the relationship that you have with them, whether you do hourly or not. And it depends on, you know, your confidence in your ability to do it for the time that it'll take. If you've never done it before, make sure you add in a couple hours of buffer because something's probably going to go wrong, you know. Right. Good old Murphy's Law. Yep, exactly. And with bidding, it's it's nice because you can put your profit on top of that. So you can bid it for a thousand dollars, and then you know, like your your what you think it's actually going to cost, and then put your twenty percent on because 
That's what everybody else is doing, you know? Mm-hmm. So I prefer to bid things, and it's worked out for us so far. Okay. Okay. Very good. Um, All right. <laughs> I've, I've written down a ton of stuff. You, you got time for a quick one? Of course. Okay. Okay. So as far as like mobile, since you've done it before and you're looking to go back to it, and it looks like from the from the looks of that the that work truck you you picked up looks like it's got some some room for activities. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> so, besides your standard stuff, like you're gonna need to go out and you know do your your welding work, right? You need your torch, you need your your welder, obviously. You need all your hand tools and you know this that and the other. What are some tools not to be caught without? Like you're like I absolutely like would not go out without this like for instance like a like a a laser right like i wouldn't be caught without a laser i don't have one that being said <laughs> it's on the <laughs> list of tools i need to buy but like like you know just for me or anybody else listening that, that that might be in a similar position that has broken out has started their own thing or is wanting to break out and 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 start their own thing i mean what What's like one of those things on top of all your your obvious ones that are just like, you know, I wouldn't be caught without this. It's such a lifesaver. Three things. On-off magnets, fireball tool squares, and ratchet straps. Those are like oh, yeah. the, that. Oh, you know what? Also, there is a – this is one thing I didn't realize until I had it, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Oh, what the heck is it called? Have you ever seen those zip wall systems where it's for like working in a house? It's a pole with that. It's an extension pole that holds a tarp up or, or a drop cloth up against the ceiling. Like I think it's called like a zip wall system. Well, they have you can buy just the poles, and they're adjustable poles. Like they're adjustable like every twelve inches, and then at the top they have a squeeze clamp with a little foot on it. So if you're working overhead and you need to like hold up a piece of steel, you know, right. They, they, they only hold up, up about 150 pounds, but like, if you literally just don't like, there's no other way to hold it up. Well, you put the one end on the, on the ground, you adjust it up to wherever you're working. And then you just squeeze the handle a couple times and that puts pressure up against it. Those things are freaking amazing. Um, okay. So we've got, I think we have like 12 of them because we needed to like do use them for a job. I'll get you what they're called. But if you just Google okay. zip, wall, zip wall system, you'll see the, the poles I'm talking about. And um, you don't have to buy the zip wall ones. We bought the knockoff brand. And I actually think that they're kind of nicer than the zip wall system ones. But okay. regardless, those things are super handy when you're working by yourself. I mean, just ballpark going through, like mentally going through our truck. You know, we have a little small flux cord welder for just doing like tiny little stuff, like little railing repairs and stuff like that, like sheet metal work where it just you just need to tack it in place and you don't want to stick weld it. Mm. That's super handy. Paint, like we have a like at least a couple cans of cold galvanizing gray primer and black paint oh whenever you're painting anything make sure you have something to clean it up because you're always going to spill it always going to spill it no matter what or or you're going to be 
brushing it on, or if it's something nice, you'll be brushing it on. Your brush strokes are going to go off. Of, get make sure you have paint thinner on there and rags. What's been another thing that's been super handy that I think everybody else on the team underutilizes, but I love it. Warren makes a a handheld winch called the it's called the Warren Pulsall, P U L L. C A L L, I think it's how it's spelled. It's a it's a, it's a hundred and twenty volt, and I, they come in twelve volt and hundred twenty volt. But man, is that okay. super handy to like hook onto something and lift up a piece of steel by yourself, or it's like it just holds the other end of something you're trying to hold up in place. Like it's they're like two hundred bucks and they're well worth every penny. Mm-hmm. Um, got that. What else? I would say that's cut. That's those are like the the underappreciated tools. That, right. Yeah. That I no, really, that's, that's perfect. That I like having on the truck. I mean, granted, the truck we just bought now has a crane, so that's going to be like a complete game changer. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. You know, but like like uh, the the that pulls all. I think I just saw a, a post by Drew Petty Petty Welding. You did you did a. Oh, yeah, yeah, podcast yeah, I, with him. I, I, I don't know if you saw that post or not. But he was lifting up like a uh, almost like a hood inside of a fireplace, and he was using something that you know, from what you described, sounds exactly like that. Like it's like a like a winch that's like hand powered and like a little crane. He was pulling up this you know like hood of sorts for a for yeah. a fireplace into like the wall, and it's like you can't you're not putting a crane in there. You know, as oh. handy as the crane is, like you know your crane is only wherever your truck is. So like if you're working inside of a, inside of a building and you need, you know, you need to hoist something up or, you know, pull something up to you or whatever, like that, that definitely sounds like it's like a, like a chain fall, come along ratchet strap on steroids, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yep. That thing is freaking awesome, man. I, like, I definitely recommend getting one of those. Uh-huh. I'm gonna have to add it oh. to the list, but uh, currently my my expenses have been buying a lot of tools and not spending enough on advertising and marketing. Apparently, because the the workflow is not phenomenal at the moment. But no, I mean, got ton of stuff written down here that I'm definitely gonna be applying, and and hopefully it's it's helpful to you know other people in a similar situation. If not, you know, in the current you know time at at some point in the future, so. You know, I don't know where a good place to to if, end it is, but if if so, I, I think we can end it. If I was in your shoes right now, and your workflow was was you know small to net to, to it was just small. First, I would take some of the work that you've done. I would go on. Well, I, I say this because this is what I I did. What is it like Vista Print or something? Yeah, I think it's Vista Print. Yep, you can yep. go on there. Make up brochures. Everybody's got a business card, but brochures show people what you can do. Right. It's a very visual. It's a lot easier to throw away a business card or lose a business card than it is a brochure. And everybody wants mm-hmm. to know what you're going to do and if you really can do what you say you're going to do. So make yourself up some brochures. Put some pictures of the work that you've done in there and just have them printed send them to you know you don't even have to go there if if you're if you're hurt for work now go to staples and have them do it 
pay the extra couple bucks to have it rushed for like an, you know a day or two or three days, and then just go knock on doors. Obviously, you know, have business cards that accompany that, and then you know, while the time that it's being take it's taking to print that, figure out your market. You know, if you want to do equipment repair, look up excavating companies around your area. Write down the phone number and the address. Show up there, you know, don't show up there in the middle of the day because they're probably not there. Show up, you know, find uh, find one or two places you want to go. Show up at 7 o'clock in the morning when they're getting started for work. Say, hey, I've got some free time. I think I could be of value to you guys. If you don't do your repairs in-house, I'd love to, you know, quote you on some work. You know, here's my card. Let me know. Don't hold them up from getting their job done and getting their guys out in the morning. Spend the rest of the day at places where they are at the, their shop and they are your target market. You know, go, go to realtors. Realtors who, who do commercial work, well, you know what? They're selling commercial buildings all the time. What do commercial buildings have that needs to be fixed a lot? Railings and stairs. And guess what? Uh-huh. You're hopeful. Go do it. Go meet with some realtors. Say, hey, you know, I've seen your advertisements around. It seems like you guys push a lot of work through because you know they've got connections all over the place and all realtors talk to each other. So if they're like, oh, you know, like the this railing won't pass inspection on my building and they're talking to another realtor on the phone, they're like, oh, I know this welder who could probably help fix that for you. And they and, and they share your number. Okay. So really just figure out what like who you want to market to locally. And just go knock on their doors, figure out when they're going to be there. And when you go there, think about like, like before you go there, think about what their problems are and then sell yourself as a fix for their problem. Cause so right. you don't want to go to a realtor and give them a brochure with only you pictures of you fixing heavy equipment. Because, like, <laughs> right. that has nothing to do with them. You know what I mean? Just like you wouldn't go to a guy who has an excavating company and show him pictures of beautiful cable rail. Well, he doesn't care. You know what I mean? I mean, cable rail, maybe, like, the, you, know, you can put two and two together. But, like, that, like make sure that you know how the pain points that your customer has so that you can present yourself in a way that you are a solution for them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's what I would do if I were in your shoes. And okay. if you have customers who you worked from before, call them up and say, Hey, I've got, so, uh, you know, I've got a, so, some gaps in my schedule. Is there anything I can help you with? If you do that, man, you'll find something you will. Right. Uh, I, I see a lot of people advertising on, like, the local network. Like, uh, so on Facebook, they have, like, the, the local neighborhood, like, uh, Facebook groups. I see a lot of people mm-hmm. putting their stuff out there. We don't do that. But coincidentally, the guy who we are, so we bought an office trailer, and it needed a little bit of work. He was actually on one of those. He put his ad up on one of those sites, and... Well, and behold, somebody sent it to me, and they're like, oh, this guy could help you out with fixing that, that trailer. Awesome. Well, you know what? He's 
they're probably right now actually working on it. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, like th- th- that's free advertising. You know what I mean? That's free right. advertising for like, and uh, so, so back it up a little bit. Think about what those people want. Those are primarily homeowners. What do they want? They want probably railings for their house. Like what else can right. you sell a homeowner on? Maybe if you want to fix their, their garden tractor, maybe they need a, you know, a metal fence build. Maybe they need some repairs on their railings. Maybe they, I don't know, just kind of just let your imagination run wild and, and, and sell them like that. Like, you would you don't want to put pictures. I mean, I guess you could put pictures of heavy equipment on there, but you're probably better off. But if you've made some nice railings, put some pictures of your nice railings on that ad, and that because that resonates more with that type of customer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So no, definitely, definitely. That's what I would do if I was in your shoes right now. <laughs> Absolutely, no, no. I've I've been writing all sorts of stuff down. I I genuinely appreciate it. I'm not even sure how long we've been talking, but it, it's been a while. It's been a good couple hours. <laughs> it definitely <hours>. has. <laughs> so, yeah. well, man, reach out to me anytime. If you've got any more questions, I'd be more than happy to help you with anything. Yeah, yeah, so. for sure. No, I, I absolutely will. I, I seriously appreciate it. I, I know I've reached out to other people in the past, and, you know, some people just act like even though I'm, you know, halfway across the country, like I'm going to steal their work or something, and I'm like, Dude, I'm just asking for a little help. <laughs> yep. Hey, I, I, so. I'm here to help you anytime you need, man. Sweet. Well, Kevin, again, I appreciate it, man. And uh, cool. we'll uh, we'll have to keep in touch then. All right. Sounds good, Dan. I appreciate you talking to me, buddy. All right. We'll see ya. All right. See you, man. Well, that's it for this episode, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed it and really liked it. Check back next week for a brand new episode series with another business owner that you guys will really enjoy. We're headed out to FabTech 2023 this year. So if you want to follow all the stuff that's going on out there, you can find me at JMW Fabrication. You can find the podcast at Welding Business Owners Podcast. Until next time, get out there, get it done, and get it invoiced.